everybody. It is another night together, albeit a short one. But we always make uh, use of the time that we have. And tonight we'll be making time on an April 5th. Always right, April 5th. One, an, old, uh, an old player of mine, Sal. Happy birthday to Sal. Well, I mean, he must be like 22 years old now. He was part of my 2010 championship team. And, uh, man, a great family. Just great family. I, you, you remember those things. I don't, know if, I don't know if I remember anybody else's birthday. I think just Sal, because it's so close to mine. April 5th. I think that was my, uh, April 5th was my kindergarten teacher's birthday as well. Mrs. Valdez. It's either April 5th or April 9th. See, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Anyhow, welcome to the show. It's going to be a good one here tonight. Um, I have Noor Bin Laden. I'm going to be calling her up. I, am I? I think I am. Do I have her saved? Yes, I think I do. I hope so. Yeah. I have her saved in here, so we'll give her a call. I don't know the last time we spoke on here, but uh, no, don't want to do that just yet. You see, I got my shit together tonight. Tuesday evening, and I want to thank my sponsor before we get started, SecretNatureCBD.com. SecretNatureCBD. Beyond the high, as they all say over there. Good friends of mine now, and I know good friends of, uh, of many people in this audience, not everybody, but uh, they, they grow 100% organic CBD-rich cannabis flower. CBD-rich, okay? So high in CBD, so low in THC that it is legally certified as hemp and can be shipped nationwide. Legal in all 50 states, ladies and gentlemen. And aside from all of the CBD products you see in every gas station across the country where you get your pens and your your tinctures, you don't know where they come from, this is so sourced from the best place that they even provide the flower too if you want it, which is really was the draw for me. That was the big draw. The pre-rolls, both the, the, the joints and the blunts, but also you can just get the top shelf flower it shows up in almost like a tuna can. You pop it off like a, the top of a tennis, uh, a tube of tennis balls. You pop it off like that, and all of a sudden, your entire room fills up with the aroma of what... It's almost like fall. All right? It's like fall constantly. Beautiful. Smells like a Pantera concert. So, uh, secretnaturecbd.com. Give your nervous system a vacation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all of the benefits of the cannabis flower without any of those pesky highs so that you're not complete your, your day is not uh, stunted so go ahead check them out secretnaturecbd.com use promo code frankly that's 20% off ladies and gents alright now that we've gotten that out of the way I just want to talk about my upcoming guests real quick I'm going to let it ride on YouTube tonight, ladies and gentlemen, but please remember something. Number one, any night could be our last night here, and I really hope I don't lose track of you. And I understand for people who are just going to say, hey, while the option is here, I'm going to use it, but Frank, wherever you go, I'll follow. Fine, that's fine. Just remember, 7 o'clock p.m., if we're not on YouTube, then you got to try, quite frankly, TV. 
It's the best place to go. And then there's there's links to all the other good places to go for the 7 o'clock show. You can watch on Rockfin, on Rumble, on Theta, on uh, where, where else are we tonight? DLive and Twitch. But uh, remember, the full, quite frankly, experience for the after-hours programming, the weekend programming, all the network stuff that we are putting together and developing for the future, quite frankly, TV. And since the uh, last couple of shows where I dropped off from Odyssey, which I hate doing, but I'll figure out a way to, to, uh, to, to take the, the broadcast load off. I was just streaming to 10 different places at once from this multi-streamer that I had over here to circumvent restream. And that must have been uh, giving us all those buffering problems across multiple platforms the last week and a half. So the last couple of nights, we've had really great reports about what's going on, especially on the website, which is the most important thing for me because it's it's the central focus of the brand. But uh, Odyssey, Cloud Hub, and Telegram has been taking a back seat the last few shows. So um, just want to put that out there. But tomorrow night and Thursday night, you're not going to find us on YouTube past the intro tomorrow night we got judge joe brown on thursday night we got kathy o'brien both going to be really really awesome guests and uh i'm uh, i'm i'm certain completely non youtube unless youtube is uh is the next thing to be purchased by elon musk then i'm i'm sure we're going to be fine with that but um anyhow that's what we have the next couple of nights so make arrangements it's not a lot to uh, to do, not not a, a a very big sacrifice, just to open up the browser tab and go to quitefrankly.tv and then peruse your options there. All right, um, that's what we have going on. I got more to announce later on, but for now, let's jump into the grab bag, shall we? First one up, the first one up in the grab bag is from MSN. Here's a little bit more of a reason why we're going to have to mechanize our military even more and go to robot warfare. That's because one quarter of 12 to 19 year olds have pre-diabetes, research shows. U.S. residents on the cusp of developing type 2 diabetes include about 28% of youths ages 12 to 19, according to research published in the journal JAMA pediatrics they have a condition they have a condition known as prediabetes which means that level of sugar glucose in their blood is higher than normal but not high enough to be diagnosed as having full-fledged diabetes the researchers found that the percentage of youths with prediabetes has more than doubled in recent years going from under 12 percent in 1999 to 28 percent in 2018 the lives the livelihoods and the lifestyles of children 12 to 19 from 99 until 2018 is completely different. Anybody in that age range in 2018 would not know what the fuck to do with themselves in 1999 again. They would not know what to do with themselves. You did not get, you could eat light shit and still be nowhere near pre-diabetes levels uh, biochemically. Just based on the fact that if you had to go someplace, you are walking. That's it. There was no Uber. You were helped by your parents sparingly. You were walking or you were riding a bike or a skateboard. That's just number one. That's the only, pl- that's the only way you have independence back in 1999, at least in my group of friends. 
and uh, we were not necessarily the most health conscience conscious you know sometimes we'd have among uh maybe five dollars in our pocket we had, somebody had five dollar bill in their pocket on a monday they were a king and you had to try to find a way to make that five dollars last the entire week and we did it because we lived off of 50 cent bags of cheetos and hot fries and then at the end of the week if we had a dollar 25 left over then you can splurge on a, on a slice of pizza that's what it was. That's when a slice of pizza was still a dollar twenty-five. Oh man! Um, it was found to be more. Let's see here. It was found to be more prevalent among boys and girls, and among youths who are overweight or obese. Among adults, around ninety-six million have prediabetes, according to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. You hear that? Among adults, about ninety-six million. Or more than one in three have prediabetes. One in three. Now, if you if we go by the official tally of there being 330 million people in this country, that means about a third of the population of the United States is prediabetic. That means that even more, or 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 uh, I mean, people who are in full fledged diabetes, tens of millions more. And this is why I say. When you see a breakdown of an economy like we have, of the supply chains that we have, and you realize that none of our manufacturing, especially for pharmaceuticals that we are so dependent on, are not being done domestically, diabetes becomes a very, very scary thing all over again. Nobody wants to have diabetes. You want to uh, uh, avoid it, absolutely. And um, But uh, you think about that. You think about something really going wrong, and anywhere between one-third to two-thirds of the population can't get something as common as insulin anymore, even though if you're pre-diabetic, you're not going on insulin just yet. But still, um, this is this is a time to, to start getting right with your body, ladies and gentlemen. The, we are in too precarious a position to be this irresponsible too precarious of a position over a quarter of 12 to 19 year olds that's shit okay let's see what else do we have here from the sun battleships u.s warship was chased by two car size car sized balls of light ufos that dodged let's see here that dodged anti-drone weapons Anti-drone weapons claims Tic Tac filmmaker. The USS uh, Kearsage is the latest vessel to have reportedly had a UFO encounter as the U.S. military begins to open up, uh, open up about the mysterious phenomena. Documentary filmmaker David C. Beatty, who produced the 2019 film The Nimitz Encounters about the famous 2004 U.S. Navy encounter with Tic Tac objects, Revealed the reported uh, reported sighting from October 2021. See, here's the thing I don't I don't uh, care about anymore. I almost want to. I very very seldom even click on these headlines anymore, and maybe that's part of the reason. Maybe that's part of the whole the whole point because that's another thing that's different from 1999 till now. If you were to drop headlines like this in 1999, the world would stop spinning. I know. A couple of you out there believe that the world is not spinning. So this doesn't apply to you. 
but the world would stop spinning back in 1999. This stuff came out. And this is why I, I tend to really just go to other places, uh, blog forums. I listen to late night talk radio where you, you hope that the, that the hosts are vetting their guests. Anybody that can come on with firsthand accounts of something that's a little bit more personal. Uh, abduction stories. And you can start uh, tracing this theme, this common thread that goes through them all. Skinwalker Ranch stories. Any of, I go to other places for this now. Because to have the mainstream media and the government and the military, no less, talking about this and and especially the Tic Tac incident. All right, we've been talking about this for two years now. Happened in 2004, and now we're talking about this one incident for two years, justifying more tens of millions of dollars and God knows what else is unaccounted for into these, these um, investigations, and it makes no difference. It makes no difference. I don't want, I don't, the, the people who are handling the story right now, I want nothing to do with them. If I wouldn't take a vaccine that they make, why the hell would I listen to them about UFOs and aliens? You know, it comes back to the same thing about who's the salesman. I want nothing to do with you. Oh, and, and by the way, I was going to, to I was going to talk about, uh, or dive into the, the full, the full article about this, I saw it getting kicked around on the internet all over the place, about this uh, rapper, this DC, rapper from Washington, D.C. that got murdered in um, in mid-March or something like that, and uh, they propped him up on a stage, his corpse, all these weeks later after he died. Morbid as hell. They, they dressed him up in, in a very expensive hoodie and all that stuff, and they had him just standing there, you know, propped up, Morbid as all hell, but it's nothing new for as tasteless as it is, and it's completely tasteless. You can say whatever you want about family wishes it should be respected. Um, you can say it as much as you want, but it's tasteless and weird. They even put a crown on top of this dead body's head. Crown on top of his head. So um, this has been shared around a little bit and somebody a couple of people asked me if I was going to talk about it I was definitely not going to put it up on you can go and, and look at it it's weird as hell they're trying to have a very a, a final send off have putting him putting him up on a stage inside of a dance club and everybody's dancing there's a dead body on stage just just sitting there standing there but I've seen it before and I'm probably many of you have too if you've been kicking around the internet for a while I, I saw this one wake if you want to call it that um where this one guy had died and they they positioned his body on top of his his kawasaki motorcycle again in the funeral home really really fucking weird others just standing up looking i don't know as realistic as a mannequin at jc penny really it's just not um it's really weird but it's not as much as it is it being desecration in my eyes, if you really want to have some weird dreams, go into a, a, an internet image search and sift through some Victorian era postmortem pictures. All right, this has been going on for a long time. Victorian era postmortem pictures. You want to see people positioned in all kinds of ways with their families around them, little children being made to sit with their dead siblings, holding dead infants. Um, before they're buried and it's like they're, they're, this is these are these are uh, you know very expensive photo shoots back then 
some of these people who are propped up and, and, and sat in chairs and they look just stiff and dead, they have their eyeballs painted onto their eyelids to make them more lifelike, I guess. And, um, and that was a service that you can only really... That was available to only those who had the money, mind you. So yeah, the DC rapper thing is messed up, but we've always been very weird about death and around death. Very weird. Um, finally, I wanted to put this up on the screen. Uh, Blaze Media. Elon Musk appointed to Twitter board immediately teases the edit button option and other significant improvements to the platform. So they made him into um, a board member. Well, he is the, the top shareholder, so, I mean, he's got more power than anybody else out there. And I don't think it's one of those situations where he can be outvoted, to be honest. I don't, I don't think it's one of those situations. But if I'm wrong on that, please just let me know. Any, anyway, uh, a lot of people were wondering and demanding, it's still trending on Twitter right now, that he bring President Trump back. But here's the, here's the question, because that could be something that you would see him do. That could be something that you'd see him do or, or push for it. Uh, would President Trump come back at this point? Would he? If you're Trump, what would you do? All right, what would you do? Because the moment you're, left, you're let back on Twitter, every penny that was put into that malfunctioning Truth Social site is squandered, officially squandered. Right now, it's already, you know, uh, irritating a lot of people. But if he gets let back onto Twitter and he accepts and he starts becoming active there again, then everything that is being put into Truth Social is completely moot. So it, it, you got to weigh it out. On the other hand, on the other hand, you need to be public and nothing has compared to what he was be what he was able to throw into the gears from his twitter account over the last 6 years nothing compares to that nothing compares at all so what what would you do that's my question you can write into the show um i should have saved this for maybe friday night or something like that i don't know it's a good question i'd love to know what you guys and gals think and maybe i'll bring it up again and read some of your, your answers off. Should have turned that into a Reddit thread. But it is fun to watch. It is fun to watch these mentally ill leftists and neocons pretending like they'll leave Twitter if Trump comes back on. They, they'd finally have a reason to be on Twitter again if he came back on. Who the hell are they kidding? I don't know who they're kidding. There's a, a few, a few uh, Twitter employees that are like, I'm leaving Twitter now that Elon Musk... Good, shut the fuck up. Nobody cares. Oh, no. Some random guy is going to leave Twitter. He's going to leave behind. He's going to leave behind his paycheck. Who cares? Got a lot bigger problems personally for you. But that's the uh, that's what I'm I'm thinking about these days. Would you come back? Would you come back? Because it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. It's not. There's no rhyme or reason to the people who have been left on Twitter compared to Donald Trump being taken off. So, um, you let me know. All right, everybody. Like I said, I'm going to let it ride on YouTube, but please, please, um, next couple of nights we're going to be off. So make sure that you have quitefrankly.tv and a personal reminder set on your phone. 7 p.m., you know where to go. 
you know where to go. Give this episode a thumbs up, share the link with everyone you know, and we will be back in just just a uh, a brief moment. Aurora, are you Chicken McNugget? No. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's rock! So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to have you back. And we're going to be calling up Noor Bin Laden in just a moment. But, you know, I have to get this um, i have to get this done real quick. And uh, here's what I wanted to bring up. Obviously, there's a little bit more movement going on out there in Dubai. I don't know who's paying attention aside from people like us. Economists at World Economic uh, World Government Summit says new financial order, world order, about to shift in a dramatic new direction. I'll play this after we get off the phone with Noor. But here is the statement by this woman, uh, Pippa Malmgren. She used to work inside the United States government. Makes a lot of sense. She says, we're on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we are about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. Now, I'm going to play the full statement later on. But for those of you out there who have slowly been um, giving me a little bit of a background as to what blockchain is all about, and what cryptocurrency affords the, the the user. It is not what she is describing as the opposite of privacy. She's talking about how it's just a, a, a digital form of currency that no one can escape. No one can escape any, any, any fraction of a token that is spent on anything, a candy bar to a condom is going to be accounted for because there is no cash and there's only one way to transact unless the and then afterwards so what they're what they're really going to do if they find a way to 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 drive a dagger through the heart of uh cryptocurrency in the form that everybody has explained it to me as being uh a liberating factor in our in our world 
if they are able to drive a dagger through the heart of cryptocurrency, then it's going to force us to do the only other thing that we can do to be free. And that is getting back to barter again. That's one way. We're going to live in a cashless society, then we're going to have to start bartering again. And maybe that's where our mercury dimes and, uh, and, and quarters and wartime nickels and everything else that we've been collecting can, uh, can have some really, really good play in a parallel market. Who knows? Who knows? But we're going to get to that in the, uh, at the end there because she says even more about she tries to feint feign this, um, this uh, concern over privacy, how everybody's going to need a new constitution over the rights of the user of these currencies. So she tries to balance it out because, of course, anybody with ears to hear would think the same thing. Oh, okay. Every, every transaction is going to have a record that a centralized power is going to have access to. No more hiding your money from the government, unless, of course, you are the government, in which case they have endless resources and all of their friends never have to report a goddamn thing that they make. So that's where we're at. Now, here's another thing I wanted to bring up. This is the reason for, a part of the reason for Noor's time with us here tonight and this is a letter that she just wrote recently it's up on her website norbinladen.com but it has uh, it has a very special uh, twist to it and it's about January 6th so I want to read you a little bit of this intro and then we're going to give her a call here is from norbinladen.com last month prior to interviewing Jeremy R. Hammond for my podcast I discovered a trove of documents submitted to the United Nations Human Rights Council by the Planetary Association for Clean Energy. That's PACE. PACE is a Canadian scientific network with the UN ECOSOC accreditation for which the likes of Jeremy, Chris Newby, and Dr. Mike Yeadon, we've heard about him in the last a lot, uh, a lot in the last couple of years, have written in the past. One of their writers for the 49th session of the Human Rights Council pulled out at the 11th hour and I was asked whether I would like to take his spot. January 6th immediately came to mind. PACE's status allows it to submit documents to the Human Rights Council which may or may not be reported upon by special rapporteurs. This is one of the few ways that the civil society can formally make its opinion known to the Human Rights Council which this was very short notice. I accepted their invitation in order to write about the fake January 6th insurrection and the subsequent human rights abuses of the protesters. Realistically, unless these documents have political support or fit the official UN narrative, they are relegated to a digital drawer and conveniently ignored, knowing full well that the U.S. government, along with the Soros and his ilk, exert excessive influence over the UN, or vice versa, and its various body parts, it is still worth poking them in the eye by using their own rule book. That being said, these are still valid UN work documents made within its uh, legal framework for each the OH the OHCHR session, which takes place in Geneva three times a year. In other words, some of the human rights abuses of the January 6 detainees are now on the UN's public records. To my knowledge, this matter has not been addressed by the UN yet, other than their own early declarations which unsurprisingly echoed the official narrative. While it may in, uh, indeed may uh, while it may indeed be a long shot, the objective is to officially bring this issue to the attention of the high commissioner and special rapporteurs. 
giving them the opportunity to report on it, we shall see. So they say this, uh, and then, uh, of course, she just says it because it was written in ha- with great haste. There may be some typos and all that stuff, but you can go read that on NoorBinLaden.com. I believe she was on OAN the other night. And this is also going to be picked up by Revolver. So, with that being said, let's give uh, let's give Nora a call. Is that a correct number? Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Is this it? Is Nora watching? Maybe Nora can call me because for some reason. She's not here. We've had several calls on this uh, on this account. Okay, give me a moment. Give me a moment. I will. Uh, I'm going to make a. I'm going to make another attempt here, and I just need a a moment to sink into this and buy myself some time. Let's see. Everything but me, Emperor. All right, I'm gonna here. Here you go. Here's a here's a Bill Paxson tribute for you all. I just need a couple of moments. Give me a second. Wait. Jonas, you there? It's me, your enemy, Bill Paxson. Really? Trying to steal my design, you son of a bitch. What the hell are you talking about? No fighting. Son of a bitch. Talking about. Son of a bitch. Talking about. Son of a bitch. Talking about. Son of a bitch. Pickles. Son of a bitch. Ostriches. Son of a bitch. Eggs. Son of a bitch. But Jonas. Son of a bitch. Jonas. Son of a bitch, Jonas, 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 you son of a bitch! Who the fuck is Jonas? Who is he, a fucking Amish prep? Billy. Jonas! All right. Hello, uh, Nora. Is that you? Yes, it's oh, me. Hey, Frank. Gee, you know, I, I feel like we. I always have my. Uh, I always have my ducks in a row here, but for some reason, unless you change your number, I was not able to connect though the way I did before. But I'm happy you're on, so I'm not complaining. No, it's a good thing I was watching, so I could call you. I know. Thank God. Thank God for that. You know, I was just. I was just reading this. Um, this introduction to the piece you did on January 6th, and I read the entire thing, and I, I love the way that you summarized all of the all of the ways that we have been pulled in one direction or another, and how it has been used in this overall plot that we're seeing play out globally. But um, 
I, I, I'm happy that there are, there are people with your name in mind that were actually able to thrust you into this opportunity to submit this to the UN. No, absolutely, and uh, I'm very thankful to to Pace uh, for giving me the opportunity to bring this to the Human Rights Council. And thanks so much for reading the introduction because it gives uh, context to the document, which is entitled "Another Look at One Six. And um, yeah, I mean the the process is um, it's pretty straightforward in the sense that they have this special accreditation, which allows us to submit these uh, documents which go on, you know, the Human Rights Council's office's desk and then they have uh, they have it on their desk and they choose to look at it or not. But it was quite an exercise because it's limited to 1,500 words and there's so much to say about 1-6, as you know, and, and your audience knows. Uh, but I really wanted to hit some key points uh, in there specifically about the treatment of the protesters, the physical abuse, the psychological abuse uh, that they've endured, the complete denial of their basic rights um, in the eyes of the justice, you know, due process, uh, a a fair trial, a blind application of the law, all of which, uh, as I said, just said, are are being completely denied to, to them. And I also wanted to put the Human Rights Council Uh, in front uh, of the fact that, as I've said several times before, that this was not an insurrection, but an entrapment operation. And um, just pointing out how the weaponization of America's uh, institutions have been turned inwards to target basically dissidents, uh, not just the protesters, but patriots and conservatives at large. So this was the objective of the paper. And as I wrote, you know, we shall we shall see. It's a long shot. We know that the UN is a completely compromised organization, a globalist organization. Um, but um, it's uh, it I was th- important to at least bring it to them in this to use to use their playbook, their rule book, and their mechanisms. Um, uh, I thought, why not? Well, you you did a a wonderful job. You really did. And as you said, it, it may be it may be relegated to uh, the, the the dustbin of whatever archives they have over there and not touched. But that it just it just speaks to your character a little bit more too. Than and there's a lot of people in positions like yours who who see a, a chance to act and they don't they don't want to leave it behind. And I think that you very perfectly uh, put it when by by talking about how this was turned inward and it was another litmus test i think that over the last few years and we've we've discussed this on the show before in in past appearances that you've had here how we're always being tested compliance tests and and uh, and, you know how are we going to react to having society shut down because of a uh, a virus how are we going to, to react to society being shut down because of the one thing or another and boy oh boy did we see did we see a, a light fl- a light switch flip when it comes to targeting domestic um, any kind of domestic political uh, uh, movements that would be considered dangerous to this growing world order because you need everybody to be on board on the same page and it's not really even relegated to or or really focused on those who are there in Washington D.C. on January sixth because it has been so broadened. 
uh, domestic terrorism has been so broadened to anybody who uh, who protests anything that is that is of merit too. Who dares to go against the official narrative that they're trying to ram down all of our throats? It's, this is you're exactly right, Sir Frank. It's it's the it's the quote vaccines because you know I don't call them vaccines, but the quote vaccines. Um, anti-vax people it's it's just anything that goes against their agenda and what they're trying to implement with this great reset new world order however you want to call it um, centralized government system that they have planned for us anything that threatens this rule um, and this agenda is uh, has to be shut down uh, how was your, uh, and you were just on OAN uh, last night or the night before? Yeah, last night. So how, with, uh, with Tara McKinney from, from um, Tipping Point. She was so lovely. Okay, because I, I, I had not seen it, but I knew you were going to be on there. How did that go, and when is this going to be published? And uh, you said it's going to be picked up by Revolver as well. Yeah, so listen, Tara is such a pro and also just very lovely. So it was um, it was quite easy, a straightforward process. But I hadn't done um, a video or TV interview in a while. I felt a bit rusty and I was a bit nervous, but I think it went okay and I could get the message across. Um, so I was I was happy to to be able to have that opportunity to to speak about the document and what we're trying to do here and highlight the work of. Uh, um, the many brave and relentless journalists that ha- have not um, stopped reporting on this, like Julie Kelly, like Dan Beattie, etc. So I also try to, to push their work uh, as much as I can. And um, and then, yeah, Revolver, uh, Darren Beattie's Revolver is republishing uh, the document uh, imminently, I think, tomorrow or so and uh, yeah I'm just going to try and, and push this out there because we can't forget these uh, these protesters and um, especially those that are that are in sitting in jail as I said you know in pre-trial detention for based on what based on minor offenses misdemeanors cooked up federal charges uh, essentially for what I as I said it wasn't an, an insurrection it was an entrapment um, operation as I wrote in the document, we have the video footage of the guards lifting the barriers, et cetera. I mean, I detail as much as I can the arguments uh, proving that this is just a complete hoax. Uh, especially, yeah. especially everything that can be ascertained from the video that has the video footage that has been released. It just makes you makes you wonder how much of a how much of a cheap Broadway production was this uh, that could be more thoroughly colored in with the. 12,000 hours worth of footage has yet to be released. And I think, um, I think Nora, that many people who consume new media and, uh, and find um, and, and go elsewhere outside of the corporate realm for news and conversation and all that, I think they still find it pretty endearing that non-Americans like yourself either still have a very personal love and admiration for the United States or at the very least understand what it means if the United States domino were to fall considering how close we are to being cemented into this now very public new world order. So um, maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you put it perfectly, Frank, and that's the thing, you know, 
all of us who understand what your founding father said to achieve are watching very closely what is happening in America. And as I said it last night on, on OAN, you know, it's heartbreaking watching how your Department of Justice, which, you know, we, we all hold um, as this, or held as the standard before the infiltration, before it was completely, as I said, weaponized and made into this, this partisan uh, branch of the co government, which is supposed to be impartial. And this is something else that, you know, I wanted to, to achieve with this document, but I am calling out the UN for, you know, not addressing this, except in a manner that obviously completely went along with the narrative from the get-go. Um, obviously also calling out the rogue U.S. government or regime, whichever way you'd like to call it. But it's also about calling out the people, um, the so-called conservatives or Republicans, who are supposed to be defending their own constituents. And it's so shocking to me um, that there are so few of them. You know, you have Congressman uh, Gates, Congresswoman uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you have Senator Ron Johnson, you have a handful of them. There are, you know, uh, uh, representatives of both are as well, um, who are, you know, fighting the good fight. And um, I use the term shocking. Yeah, it's shocking that there aren't more, but it's not surprising in the sense that we know that most of these members of, of, uh, of Congress are not part of a Republican Party or Democratic Party. It's a uni party and it's all corrupt and uh, they are, in effect, traitors to America. And I think you mentioned, you know, a litmus test. January 6th is a litmus test to know which, who, which, uh, who, to know, excuse me, to know on which side those politicians actually stand. Do they stand with the American people, or are they compromised? Well, I know that you've been paying attention to other things going on around here too. Um, I, 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 we're on the on the, the the precipice of of letting this this latest uh, Supreme Court nominee achieve a lifetime appointment after having such a a, a brute. I mean, listen, I, it, it seems like even those who seem uh, like to be uh, stalwarts and uh, stewards of the of the the Constitution are actually limp-wristed uh, wimps like Brett Kavanaugh and and even Amy Coney Coney Barrett for for that matter. But on the other hand, it's not even a matter of sheep's and wolf clothing. Sometimes there's just wolves there, and I mean they, they couldn't have. I understand that the 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 bar was very very low for Joe Biden and the people who work him like a puppet. They wanted to have a black woman be nominated for the Supreme Court. They couldn't find one that that wasn't such a uh, a dear friend of pedophiles all over the country. I I I mean geez, the bar was so low. Just just find one that's not it's it but you know, you you I don't I don't even know. I I get you know, very flustered. They they they're taunting us, Frank. They're taunting what it feels us like it. and it's it's just so brazen and they have they just they just don't care anymore. And but at the same time, what do you expect? We have a senile pedo in the White House uh, himself, you know. So or his son, whatever you want to look at this family, it's just so sorted. Um, but no, I mean, again, a litmus test. Uh, anyone, anyone who votes to put this woman for a lifetime appointment uh, on, on the bench uh, is a traitor to America and her children, as I tweeted uh, moments ago. It's, it's shocking.
Again, I say shocking, but not surprising if you've been following uh, what's been going on and this deliberate destruction of the United States of America from within. Well, as we as we've also uh, spoken about, just going from fine focus to broad focus here, there too, um, away from the American front on this this world war that we we've been in for some time now, we see that there's a lot of things being introduced to the planet by way of this conflict in in Ukraine as well. And boy, oh boy, if if so much of what I'm I'm seeing coming out of the area in Eastern Europe. If this does not look like Syria on steroids, holy hell, I just, um, I don't know what it is at this point. Any, uh, any basic, any basic thoughts on, on, on where you think this is all going? If, if you think it's going to get much worse because it, uh, they've been playing the false flags and the atrocities are coming game for a while and the escalations continue. I think that they're just going to keep escalating until they get, um, mil- full military involvement from the West. Like they've been, I guess, uh, clamoring for since the beginning. Listen, I, I just used moments ago the word, the word deliberate. All of this is deliberate, and it's part of a plan, and uh, the plan is the civilizational collapse of the West. And um, the, the narrative that is being repeated ad nauseum on the media, you know, that Russia was the, was the initiator or the invader, etc. I mean, all the lies that have been told about this conflict and... Uh, and it's um, how do you, the, the starting point. I mean, we can go back to 2011. You know, under the Obama administration, 2014, the coup, the color revolution. This has been this has been fomented uh, for a while. And um, all the stories about the bio labs on the border with Russia in Ukraine, but you also have Georgia, many reports have been done on that. Now, the information is out there, it's out in the open, and um, there is a there is a plan, and the plan is leading us towards this inflation, this crazy inflation. I don't know if you've seen as well uh, the latest news out of Europe. Uh, Germany announced on Sunday that as of Monday, the following day, prices in supermarkets were going to rise between 20 to 50 percent. Um, so severe food shortages are, are coming. You know, we can get, I mean, there's so much to say about that, but because of the sanctions on Russia and the the exports of uh, fertilizers, et cetera, are being, um, are being curtailed and we're all of us across the world, in the West especially, but also in Africa, we're going to be feeling this very harshly in the in the coming months. And I don't think this is this is one of the next steps. Um, I've been tweeting about this as well, but there's this imminent cyber attack, in my opinion, coming as well, a blackout. I don't know when, but I'm bracing for impact. I don't want to sound like I'm giving people the black pill because I'm very optimistic, still very upbeat. Uh, I'm undeterred. I'm just preparing. I'm preparing for, I'd rather have my eyes open than be caught by surprise, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, the, the words from this um, uh, economist, uh, Pippa Malgren at uh, the... World Government Summit a few days ago in Dubai. I mean, they, they, the thing is, everything they're doing is out in the open. 
it's completely overt. It's not covert. It's not a theory. It's uh, they're not hiding it. They haven't hid. They haven't been hiding it for decades. If you go and you look, you know where to look for the information. It's all out there, and they're they're telling us what their next steps are. And this this video. I don't know if you mentioned you were going to play the whole clip. Um, uh, later in the show, but it's really worth watching because she explains, you know, that we are going to move towards uh, a centralized uh, bank digital system with a digital currency. And from there, I mean, you just have basically every single human, their transaction will be linked to a social credit score exactly like in China. Um, and we will be at the mercy of the governing bodies deciding what we're allowed to spend, uh, how much, on what, and just, I'm sorry, I'm jumping because there's so many, so much information. No, you're, you're, conne really you're connecting it, absolutely. Uh, you're, you're connecting a, a huge uh, web, a huge web of things that are happening at the same time and are all connected. It's, so it's, uh, it's very relevant to do all this. But the, there's something that uh, a friend sent me yesterday from Italy. So I mentioned the news coming out of Germany. In Italy, my friend went to the supermarket yesterday morning, sent me the picture. They are actually starting to ration what you can buy. So it said, I posted it on my Twitter, um, for, for example, um, how do you say farine? What you use to bake cake, flour. Sorry, yeah, flour. The word in French. Um, for for flour, you could only buy three packs of flour uh, at a time. So they're starting to uh, to to limit what we can buy uh, in stores. And this is something that even though we've read about the the Great Reset and the globalist plans and what was coming, the the impending crash, etc., to see it actually happen in real time is. I know. Is, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, and first I, came, I, I, you know, and Nor the first came the that the the great reset um, announcement, and then we get this great narrative, and it makes a lot of sense because the fourth industrial revolution, uh, the fourth industrial Re revolution line that um, Klaus Schwab and and all of his um, his transhumanist technocrat friends over there at the World Economic Forum and elsewhere. Uh, the world, the fourth industrial revolution didn't mean, mean jack shit to anyone, even just a couple of years ago. I mean, not in the United States, at least. We were still massively in debt. That's just something that's a, a result of over 100, 100 years of bad central banking policies you know, and, 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 the, and the, the presence of the central bank itself. We're still massively in debt as a nation, but people were employed. Spirits were lifting despite the, the constant media onslaught. It's a lot easier to ignore all that stuff when you and your family are doing better than they were the year before. So it's very, uh, very obvious, just like everything else. Nobody was paying attention to the Greta, the Greta Thunbergs, Bergs of the, uh, of the world. Nobody gave a shit. So what do they do? They start twisting the screws. They start twisting your arm. And now here we are uh, knocking on the door of a much larger kinetic global war as you said uh the, the we have been promised cyber attacks for a year and a half now we've been promised it uh we're being told right now i but said just, just like they promised us pandemics oh yeah 
Absolutely. For years, he was saying, oh, we're going to have a pandemic. Uh, Fauci was saying that as well. Saying it's, it's part of also uh, in this psychological war, there is a lot of predictive, predictive programming that goes on as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and they all had the same precursors, too. They all had the same things that, uh, that, that came before, and that was these, these simulations and everything, not only just for cyber and not only for the, bio, the, the biological um, pandemic thing that we had to go through, but there was also this that uh, people, uh, friends of mine, friends of this show went out there and found, and they even did this, too, a food chain reaction simulation a crisis reaction simulation that was done a couple of years ago. And in all, all of these food chain reaction simulations and whatnot end with global carbon taxes. These are all done and put together by groups that were headed or at least in, had involvement from people like John Podesta. So they have been uh, very, and I have to imagine if your, if your goal is, planetary domination you need to be able to test things out and you have to do it in a little bit more of a uh, of a conspicuous way so you just try to get out ahead of it and that's why we have world government summits where people like this pippa malgren woman is out there very very nonchalantly and very confidently normalizing the idea that this is coming it's for the best and there's no getting around it and we are the ones who are qualified to give it to you it's all about normalization at this point you're absolutely right. It's all about normalization. And you touched on a few things there. You know, the network between the W, between the West, between the UN, the different um, policies that they that they shape and then that the governments then implement. It's all such an incredible web when you start looking into it. You can spend hours. I mean, just yesterday I got stuck in front of my computer for two hours because you see what they're trying to do with the maritime uh, recommendations from the UN climate entity and um, uh, the UN maritime entity, sorry. And so they are pushing this carbon emission reduction. So they want to slower um, the speed of, um, of the ships, which will inevitably also contribute to shortages and inflation, et cetera, and rise in prices. But they're using the excuse of wanting to reduce carbon. And you find out that the person who is uh, writing an article about that on the uh, in the West um, journal is actually this guy named Figueres, who was the president of Costa Rica, and his sister is working at the UN at the IFCC. I'm sorry, I don't remember all the acronyms uh, on um, uh, climate change. And there, I mean, it's just all so uh, incestuous in many ways and. They just have this web through which they push all of this. And the people at the very, very top hire all these very corruptible, mediocre people to then just implement and push the agenda forward. And we are watching this now play out. The one thing I'd like to say, because we've touched upon so many things, but to bring it to something more essential is that all these dots now are being connected, Frank, by people like you like people like me like people who are listening to the show right now we're all playing our part in connecting those dots using whatever we can in terms of our platforms uh, to to spread this message more and more people are waking up as i've said you know on your show before and uh, they've overplayed their hand and while 
I sound pessimistic with the things that I've been saying in terms of what's coming up. It's just me being a, a realist and I just encourage everyone to, to prepare to brace for impact because they're going to try whatever they can. Uh, there, I think there is a form of desperation that's going on. The fact that President Trump came into the White House and woke up so many people, shake, shook up their plans, and destabilized them, and uh, they've had to accelerate things uh, in a way that is, frankly, grotesque uh, now. Um, and it's just too obvious. And we, we, how would you say? I don't know. I'll just say this. In the end, in the end, we will win. In the end, we will win, but we have a few months or a few couple of years ahead of us that are going to be very intense. Well, you know, as you said, it's very important to know your enemy. It's not a, it's it's not pleasant work sometimes to understand the, you know. Yeah, it, it's, the, it's the basis of Sun Tzu, exactly. It's not it's not very pleasant work, too. I mean, you can be detached about it, and I guess that's the the best way to be to be detached and dispassionate when you are analyzing exactly what is going through the minds of those who have no regard for you, your future, your family, and all of those those dreams that every person has just to have a quaint little life or as adventurous a life as they always wanted to, but their life. Nonetheless, they don't care about all those plans. They have something far more sinister going on here. And um, and at that, you saying you saying that uh, the dots are now finally being connected in ways that never thought possible before. Unless, but you know, of course, the, if you knew that these dots existed, you know there would be a day when they would have to be all connected and be very easily seen because there would have to eventually be a. A uh, an unmasking. There would have to be a coming out party for this for this grand conspiracy. There would have to be that day. And isn't it pathetic that on the flip side of shows like yours, mine, and uh, and and many 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 others, uh, on the flip side, the pathetic corporate media. They only exist. They exist to do one thing: to give you the local murder rates and the weather, and they also give you. This this ridiculous smokescreen where pretty much every you are not seeing what you're seeing. The corporate media exists to come out every day and tell you you are not seeing what you're seeing. That's all. They, they, they have no other function. They hide every bit of truth that should be obvious on the face of it for as long as they possibly can. And when they can't run from it anymore, they try to either get out ahead of it, control it, lessen the impact, and then switch to something else as fast as possible. It is such a pathetic existence. I don't know how anybody goes to goes to sleep at night knowing that they're getting a paycheck from some kind of an operation like that. No, absolutely. The, the, the lack of scruples of principles of values of basic decency that these um uh, how do you call them the, these presenters that, that in the media these talking heads these minions i mean they're they're just uh, yeah i share your contempt uh, wholeheartedly but yeah the, the corporate media has just been completely swallowed into the globalist machine and is the glo the the propaganda one of the propaganda tentacles of the octopus and it's just so insane you know they lie about so many things they lie that they shut down project mockingbird and as i say what we're seeing happen is just project mockingbird project mockingbird on steroids 
the whole thing is basically uh, a compromised uh, operation or intelligence operation in the sense that they don't even hide it. They hire who? John Brennan and all these guys that go on CNN as analysts, all these guys who signed that letter about the Hunter Biden laptop being um, a Russian disinformation. Uh, they're all, you know, invited on all these networks to, to speak. It's, it's just one big operation. Absolutely. With different arms involved. So uh, what is your next moves? Because as we're wrapping up this short show tonight, I want to know what you're doing. I mean, obviously, you, whenever you see a, a, an opportunity to act, you, you do it, whether it be with your, your voice, with your, um, your writing. Uh, you, you show up. You protest when you can. Um, you have amazing hair. I wish I had hair like you. How do I have hair like you? That's what I want to know. I have been, mine has been taken from me. Well, I, I don't know what to say. I'm very lucky. I just, I don't have to do anything to it. It just is like that. So yeah. I don't have any styling tips, unfortunately, for you. Right. Yeah. Well, there's no, um, there's no tips that would work. But wh- what are you going to be doing in, uh, next in your, your schedule? How can people follow you uh, in, in the next few moves of yours? Listen, you know, everything I do since I've gone public has been very organic and uh, I'm, you know, I'm a one person quote operation here. And as you say, there was this opportunity and I'm, I'm very much following very closely what's happening to um, the protesters and political prisoners of January 6th. It's something that, you know, touched me or I feel very passionate about, you know, their, their cause and their plight. And so... I've been writing about it actually almost since day one. My first article um, on uh, the hoax, the insurrection hoax, was actually in January 2021 for Revolver, for Revolver News. So I'm going to continue, however I can, to write or speak about this and highlight the the brilliant work of of reporters and investigative journalists um, that are um, uh, reporting on this uh, and. Um, and yeah, continuing my research, continuing my writing, continuing with, with the podcast. You have to come on, Frank. Uh, we have to set a date for that because I'd love to have you on. Whenever. And, uh, the last thing I'll say is uh, offline. Uh, in my private life, I'm just preparing for what's ahead, especially in Europe. Over here, I think the, the situation is, um, is uh, imminent. Um, so just stocking up on basics, watching uh, survivalist videos on YouTube, <laughs> basically, and trying to prepare how how I can over here. Well, I'm I we're all uh, we're all uh, pulling for you as we're pulling for each other because as we've said many times in the past, yeah. this is for the first time uh, we we all grew up these last couple of generations grew up and there has been no bigger topics in our history classes and our social studies classes than the two world wars. But in rea- in reality, uh, what we're facing right now is truly the first planetary war that has called and recruited every last continent every culture everything into it everybody's facing something and it's all it's all so interconnected it's um we we really are truly pulling for for each other and i hope that you're well over there locally and uh and we're gonna we're gonna have you on soon and stay in touch and thank you so much for all of your great work on norbinladen.com and elsewhere and 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 never hesitate to just call in and drop us a line 
Thanks, Frank. The the one thing I wanted to say is that you said something, yeah, we're all pulling for each other. And on that note, I just wanted to thank you. It's always such a pleasure to come on your show. As I said it, you know, in a previous show, you're the only one who I asked, you know, the, the, to come on the show because I love it so much. And I just wanted to say in terms of pulling for each other, your audience is also so lovely. I get really nice messages after I come on here. And uh, I just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in and and being so kind. They are. They're very, very kind people, and I am, I'm blessed to have yeah. them around. And, and we meet more uh, every day, and new people come on every day. So I hope that you have a lot of new traffic on your website and a lot of new subscribers to your podcast. Continue working boldly as you do, Nora, and we'll, sp- we'll speak soon. Thanks for everything, Frank. All right. Carry on valiantly as you do as well. Thank you. Good night. Thanks. Good night. Bye. There goes Norbin Laden, and we're going to be right back. No, uh, no, I'm not going to play the intermission, just a, a short break video, then we'll come back to do the Super Chats, and I'll play this this clip from you. I have about 15 minutes more that I can do. The band should be showing up any second if they have not already. And uh, and then we will we will press on from there, so don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. Lulu had a baby, she named him Tiny Tim. She put him in the piss butt to teach him how to swim. He swam to the bottom, he swam to the top. Lulu got excited and pulled him by his cocktail ginger ale, five cents a glass. If you don't like it, just shove it up your ass. Ask me no more questions, I'll tell you no more lies. A man got hit with a bag of shit, and that's the reason why. (laughs) (laughs) Red, it, red, it, red it, get it, ah! Head over to quitefrankly.tv, click on the Reddit logo, join us, engage in discussion topics, share your favorite clips, watch your favorite clips. You don't have a Reddit, well, get signed up. For all them juicy deets, visit quitefrankly.tv. So we made a robot here, uh, Tesla Labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, got pretty weird, got pretty weird. Uh, robot became self-aware mm-hmm. and began eating people. Yeah, got very weird, very weird. Uh, killer robot got out, uh, escaped the lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 it will kill us all, it's gonna kill us all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a week to live, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. week and a half maybe. So, Use your time wisely, I would say. Uh, watch Spaceballs. <laughs> great movie, great movie, great movie, Spaceballs. Mm. May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> so, um, Happy New Year. Uh, this is the last one. Yeah, we're, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, blah, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Kyle Dunnigan uh, impressions. He does so many good. You know which ones absolutely kill me? Kyle Dunnigan, when he puts out these videos of his on his on his uh, YouTube, when he does the baby news, he does baby news with uh, Jessica 
one of his co-hosts, Jessica, she puts on this, she puts on this, um, this filter that makes her look like she's like a seven-year-old. And it's hilarious because she's on there just being her, but she looks like a seven-year-old version of herself. And she's just doing the news. And Kyle Dunnigan, it plays the role. Uh, he has the, uh, the screen. Uh, what was it? When he does Alec Baldwin, who is just like this condescending bastard, like yeah, how he usually is. I have never laughed so hard. There was this one thing that he did. This one particular bit that they did where um, baby Jessica is presenting the news of this cat that I guess had all of its its paws stuck to a, I don't know, stuck to some kind of a, it got frostbite on all of its paws. It needed all of its paws amputated. And, uh, it, you know, to save its life and give it some kind of quality of life, they, they put like four prosthetic paws on this poor cat it looks like he was walking around on four spatulas and i was in my i was in my kitchen watching that bit i think two weeks ago it was probably around midnight or so and i was crying i was crying from laughter just because of how much of a prick alec baldwin kyle dunnigan being alec baldwin is about the cat and then baby jessica is just sitting there all innocent and stuff um oh man it's uh he's really funny kyle dunnigan He's a really funny guy. Gets me. He really got me. Okay, let's go to your wonderful, uh, your wonderful little things here. Your super chats. They subs, the subsistence. They keep me going. First one up, I have a birthday. Let me get to that uh, real quick. I have a birthday, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do it. First one up, oh, here it is. Frank, my name is Leah. My husband's name is Nick Zananti. Nick, what's going on? My name is Leah. My husband's name is Nick Zananti. He is a diehard listener of yours. Tomorrow, today, April 5th, is his birthday. First birthday after nearly dying from COVID. So this one is a big celebration for our family. Well, I'm happy. Happy for that. He's a diehard listener for me. Nearly died of COVID. Let's too much die in this message so far, but it's Nick's birthday today. I can, I hope he's having a wonderful evening. If you could do a birthday shout out on tomorrow's show, he might die and go to heaven. Gee, would you? Do you want me to wish him a happy birthday or not, Leah? Nick, stop almost dying, please. That is not an appropriate way of celebrating either. But if not, it's okay. Of course I'm going to wish him a happy birthday, Leah. He will still be listening every night. Thanks, Frank. Leah in Colorado. Nick, I hope you have a wonderful night, and I'm glad that you're feeling better. And stay well, please. Please stay well. Okay? This shout-out is not worthy of dying and going to heaven. You are you are needed here. Your family needs you. So, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Nick. He's a real warrior, that one. Stostube. Stostube says, wonderful, wonderful listen with Noor tonight, as usual, Frank. Thank you, my friend. A little token for our appreciation of the show. Great independent media. Thank you, Christos and Sarah out there in Massachusetts. I just know I have to go into the other room right now and uh, play out with the band. We have to go through the entire set tonight. Last night we just did the covers. 
the ones that we knew, the ones we haven't played in years, the other one that we're doing. I'll let you know. We have some some a good mix of covers that we're doing this year. Or this next week. So we'll see where the hell it all goes. But still, it's going to be a long night tonight. And I have a spasm in my, uh, in my back right now. So this is going to suck sitting on a stool for a couple of hours. Let's see. Doc Keck says Trump's Twitter, uh, 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 this is Trump's Twitter truth social conundrum could be solved by providing limited access on Twitter like you would with YouTube using the truth social itself as the main driver for interaction, perhaps by posting photos of his truths on Twitter, if at all. Good idea. And this is why you have smart people like Doc Keck uh, as advisors for this is why these are the type of people who are, are paid to be advisors. Good strategy right there. You give uh, you give Twitter like maybe one fifth or one seventh of what you get on Truth Social, and I don't think Twitter is like YouTube. Where you're on Twitter, you can tell somebody, "Hey, follow me on Gab." They're not going to take you off. On YouTube, we have seen that you can get you can get strikes on YouTube just for advertising and trying to pull people off platform for one reason or another. You know, so, like I said, I'm doing whatever I can to stay on as long as I can and drag people off into more friendly and easily controlled environments. And that's what we have. Great idea, Doc Keck. All right, into the the rumble. Let's see here. Live Free or Die, 1776, says, Happy belated birthday, Frank. All the best to you, Lauren, Aurora, your family, and the, quite frankly, crew. I really appreciate it. And you know what? Uh, all Rumble needs to do is make one or two little tweaks over there to have a separate window where you can isolate all the Super Chats, the Rumble rants over there, and to also start a, uh, appointing mods. Because anybody who just prefers YouTube, man, it, it, it would be such an easy trade-off to go over to Rumble. You can cast it to your television still. It's the same kind of functionality. The the the, uh, the chat is just as as smooth. So um, yeah, we have about twenty thousand subscribers there. I would love to see at least transfer most of the the people from YouTube there. That'd be great to see that up to seventy thousand or something like that one day. Uh, at least as a backup. Anywho, anywho, thank you guys out there. Thank you so much, Live Free or Die. On the foxhole, let's see. Jason Blocker says, Possum guy here, you're pretty awesome. Uh, so are possums. Don't make me choose between you two. I uh, I would never, I would never come between a man and his possum. You can enjoy them all you'd like. Just don't invite me over for coffee. That's all, because I will not be coming. You see, it's actually the opposite of a conundrum here. There is no conundrum. I will never get in your way of anything. I actually ask you to stay out of my life. <laughs> I ask you to, st to stay at least to a degree, to that degree, out of my life. That's all. It's, it's, I never try to impose on people, ever. I don't care what pets you have. You can watch this show. You can call in and talk and be friendly as much as you'd like. But just don't invite me over for coffee. Uh, C. Blanche says, appreciate your show, Frank. Thanks. Never surrender, pal. There is no room for surrender. C. Blanche, there's no room. 
Ohio Kimmy, thank you. Siege says free Jeremy Brown and our other J6 POWs. Uh, Mana, uh, Mana Manon, Mana Manon, thank you. Just because his great interview with Noor Bin Laden tonight, she is an American patriot and she isn't even American. Yeah. We find a lot of those outside of uh, the United States. People that you wish were your neighbors. People that you wish were were over here and were voting. Uh, but of course, we we carve out special exemptions for those who we would never have next to us. In a sane society. Boyce Blanc, thank you. CJM, thank you. Zoso Dude, let's pick a date, my brother. 24, maybe. Yes, I, I, that's another thing I told uh, Zoso Dude is that we are going to do... He wanted me to have... Uh, to, to go on his show, which I cannot wait to do. I cannot wait to go on Zoso Dude's show. And I said, well, let's do a simulcast. So maybe on a Saturday night or something like that, and I will, uh, I'll do it from home. I think that we're going to have to do the first book club meeting at, at home this weekend on a Saturday night, maybe around 8 or 9. But that'll be a, a great night with Zoso Dude. Talk about really chill. I will have to be nice and uh, nice and relaxed that night because fantastic. So I'll, I'll announce whenever I'm on Zozo Do. Don't worry about that. All right, here we go. Pippa Malmgren, economist at the World Economic, uh, well, not World Economic, it's all the same shit. Whatever. Uh, World Government Summit. She states her belief that the world financial system is about to switch accounting systems and digital money. Remember what I said, 2020. I said, Donald Trump gets a second term. We're going to really find out whether or not um, he was the real deal based on the appointments that he would make, the nominees that he makes, based on um, there never having to be another reason for getting elected ever again. That does not excuse him for the judicial uh, disappointments in SCOTUS. That does not excuse him at all because those are lifetime appointments. That is not executive orders written in sand. Uh, it's not something you need Congress for. You had a majority in the Senate. You put in. You put in the most originalist, non-compromising people. And you cement that 6-3 uh, majority in there. And you give some some proper backup to, to Neil Gorsuch and, to, and to, to, to Justice Thomas and Alito. Not that other mole-faced idiot, that stupid mole face, John Roberts. But anyway, one of the things we were saying in 2019 and 2020 in the lead-up was what was going to happen with the currency. What was going to happen with the with the, uh, the, the Federal Reserve, what's going to happen with the American dollar. It's not a matter of if there was going to be a need for a gigantic financial reset in the United States. It was a matter of who was going to be in charge of the transition to something new. What was going to be left behind and whether or not it was going to serve people or serve the current masters of the globe. And uh, now that Donald Trump's out of the way, and listen, that was not even going to be a guarantee anything. It was just that, the like most things with Donald Trump, we had a chance at a chance. You just didn't know. These are the known quantities. You knew what you were going to get out of them, 
And, uh, and these are the people who have seemingly won for the moment. And this is what they're saying very proudly. Here's Pippa Malmgren. What underpins a world order is always the financial system. Mm. Uh, I was very privileged. My father was an advisor to Nixon when they came off the gold standard in 71. And so, so her father was a bastard, too. So I was brought up with a kind of inside view of how very important the financial structure is to absolutely everything else. Yeah, yes. It's very important the financial structure is to dominating people in every respect. Dominating people and forcing them to behave exactly the way that you want them to. It's very, very important to control the money. Yes, you're right. And what we're seeing in the world today, I think, is we're on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. It also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. In my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights. Oh, oh, good. Well, thank you for balancing that out. Yeah, because at first, yeah, we all were struck with abject horror. Yes, we were all were first struck right in the face with a wave of terror, for sure. But, but you have now alleviated, because in your opinion, we're going to have a new constitution of human rights. To, 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 you know, because governments already are very, very law-abiding. They already love the constitutions that we have in one state or another. They, there is not one government on the planet right now that would ever break the law to make sure that their hegemony over everything is secured. If we're going to have digital money, uh, but also this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private, but what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. The Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance to have a better life? Because that's the only measure of whether a world order really serves. Yes. No, that's bullshit. They do not care about the average person. So they're talking about how this is going to be accessible. That basically means universal basic income. They're going to give everybody a nice little stipend be, for being useless eaters. And then one day when they don't have, when I, I've always said it, that guy, what the hell is his name? That uh, Yuval Harari, Harari in 2020 when he, I mean, it's a clip that you've probably seen over and over again. The guy talking about useless people. Uh, when a person slips into a state of uselessness. I've said it so many times on this show. When they are able to confidently get rid of the illusion of consent, then you're going to see these people who are very liberal and progressive and, and, and need trillions of dollars for this or that, or they don't care putting it on the charge card to make sure that everybody has one thing, accommodation or another accommodation and this and that, that and this. You're going to see some very liberal people balance the books hard. And they're not going to be balancing dollars and cents. They're going to be balancing us. 
when they don't need uh, the when the illusion of consent is gone the consent of the governed then they're all, all then what they're really just doing is they're going to have to get rid of the rat infestation the people who don't have any any use the people that they have made they have bred to be useless they are breeding us to be useless Every time they give you a gas card, every time they give you a a stimulus check, every time they tell you to stay home and don't work and you obey, they are breeding new generations of useless fuckers who are only, only very limited in their usefulness right now because there is this image of consent. And it's still good to see lines of people lined up physically outside of a voting booth. Because it makes the illusion that there are a lot, there's a lot of democratic participation, really, uh, you know, come to the fore. When you see people going out and voting, oh, okay, well that 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 makes sense. You know, there was a lot of people that voted this year. That's why we got the results we did. No, 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 no. They they punched in the results that they wanted. You were just a prop. You were a prop standing there. While you while you eat your government cheese and you get your EBT cards and all that bullshit. When that illusion is gone, then they'll balance the books, and they will cut dead weight. And this weirdo, with her uh, with her heavy eyeliner and the, the 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 stupid frayed hair, she doesn't care about you. She doesn't care about anybody. And this whole idea that it's going to be uh, centralized, centralized. How does that even account for blockchain? I thought the whole uh, uh, the whole idea about blockchain was privacy, but she says privacy is not an aspect. Eh, of course, but she leads off by saying that every candy bar or condom that you buy is going to be logged somewhere. Of course, it's not. Let's, let's listen to the last uh, forty seconds there again. Uh, but also, this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private. But what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency, the Chinese... Does she know that, that privacy is sovereign? I mean, we're, the whole idea, whether you believe in it or not, but those who truly believe in cryptocurrency and, and the future of this technology, they, they are clinging to it because of the idea that it makes the individual sovereign in their financial status. That's sovereignty. But of course, when they when they talk about sovereign, they talk about the states that they control, the sovereign state, and what then trickles down to those who are feeding off of the tit. For the first, the U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. The Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance to have a better life. Oh, well, that will, what do you need to know? This is being discussed out in the open right now in Dubai, and uh, it is the most demonic thing, the most demonic thing to see it just so openly normalized, just right out in the open, normalized. That's what it's all about. And people watching like, oh, man, we are really coming into a new age. A new age is upon us. How, 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 how thoughtful of them to just be racking their brains on how to make us better. How to make us better. Well, that's it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I got to go in the other room and work. So I will talk to you in a little bit. 
send in emails to the show, uh, especially all of your comments on one theme or another that popped up over the course of the last few hours, the last two hours. And I will see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, at least for the intro on YouTube, but then we're bouncing off when we have Judge Joe Brown coming on to talk about this, that, and the other thing. And there's a lot to talk about. Um, Yes. All right. Good night, ladies and gents. Bye-bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Close to the show. Why, frankly, is film before a live studio audience? And now our super chatters. I just released the scratching on Foxhole. And I'm also going to thank once again Live Free or Die 1776 on Rumble. Thank you to Stostube. Thank you, Doc Keck. Thank you. Thank you, guys and gals, for everything. And thank you, Nor Bin Laden. We'll see you tomorrow. Good evening.